basically how we did this show back in the day. You want to introduce the Vinyl Countdown? Oh, shit! It's the Vinyl Countdown, everybody! I'm Joel! This is Keith! That's Keith! That's Pam! That's Greg! And that's Red! Check it out! Yeah, so we've made, uh, not off to a great start. I, I asked Joel to introduce the Vinyl Countdown episode. And that's the way he went. And I'm out. And I'm out. Like, just pick a direction and go with it. So yeah, I, don't, I, I thought I went with morning radio DJ. Sorry. Hey. So yeah, I don't have a lot of uh, ideas or plans or notes, but uh, hopefully we won't need them, and we'll just be naturally hilarious. Joel, take it away. Joel, here's your oh God, redeem so yourself, Joel. No. Good morning to Vietnam. Yeah. We have not. However, um, do you think that guy died from the last episode? <laughs> yeah. Can we talk uh, about that? We need to Rest get the waitress peace. over here for that. Yeah. I wasn't here when that almost went down. I left. Yeah. Uh, can, we, can we ask a question? Yes, of course. That guy from last, last week, week one the week guy ago from today. Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hot Lana. Did, did he, he okay? die? Yeah. We, we were concerned about him because he was hanging out with a dude with a neck tattoo. And I was like, <laughs> this is not going to go well. Right. The guy with the neck tattoo is a regular and he's actually really, really nice. Okay, cool. Uh, nice. So, um, the guy from Atlanta was just a tool. <laughs> Okay. Oh no, we. Sorry, right. he owed money to people, right? Yes, he did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> did he figure that out, or? Yes, and then he couldn't pay his bill. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It is what it is. You know? Okay. I think he came back from the next Atlanta? day, but oh, he, he was not, he was not from Atlanta. I, I looked so. in his wallet and everything's in Ontario. Wait, you looked yeah. in his wallet? I did. He had his wallet wide open. I looked. And all his cards are I'm quick. See, I see. Yeah, it's like this is well, not your wallet. Well, that night he was from Atlanta. Oh yeah, he thought so. What so. a weird persona to put on. Why choose Atlanta? He was unusual. Yeah. Yeah. He kept us entertained. Fair enough. That's about it. <laughs> you guys are doing okay. Yeah, otherwise? we're good so far. Sure. We just want to make sure he didn't oh, like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Growing jalapeno poppers in my face and being like, eat this. Oh, that's Eat this. Yeah. I ate. He was like, here's some nachos, and I immediately ate half the plate because I was like, <laughs> this, this, this guy is just like, buying food for strangers. I'm just gonna eat it. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Of course. Yeah. I'm not paying him back anything. I was like, hey, Dad, I met this guy. <laughs> and my dad loves golf. He's really you know good. Julian. Forget about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I and I, <laughs> I explained his golf deal, how he like taught golf lessons or something. My dad was like, "Yeah, Cam from Atlanta," and I'm like, "You are fucking with me for Wait. sure, you are." But he was so confident about it. I'm like, "No," I was like, "You have to find me a photo." Like, I don't believe this. I'm like, "Is this like a real known guy in the scene?" So dad, dad pulls up Google something, pulls up his phone, and shows me a guy named Cam from Atlanta who's in golf. It was not him. Oh my god. <laughs> I like though. Is this a guy in the scene? Like, if he was, your dad would know him. <laughs> like, he would. Yeah. What he, scene? He the Atlanta golf, golf instructor. Everybody scene? It's, it's the golf scene. My dad watches like watches golf at least two days so a the week. The golf scene, basically. The golf scene. He's like, you know, king of the golf scene. What is the golf scene? Like, like a lot it's of. That's what my dad does six hours a day. You know what it yeah. is? Not good content. But but why why are old dudes super into golf? I think it's a fun thing to do. Okay. Golf is fun to do. I think it's not fun to watch. Like I like playing golf, but watching it it is so. And you're like into the the the, like the rankings and like who is who, and sometimes there's some like young savant. Oh my god! No 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 no. People that you perceive to be beneath you can't afford to play it. So you only yeah. get to socialize with people that are of your class. No, not in some golf place. No, not, not, golf not golf. in some, but that's Fuck. the allure of it. Okay, okay. Yeah. What? What? Sure. But like my dad, lo- my dad, my dad is poor as shit, and like he he will he'll get like the cheapest golf course and we'll buy it for Father's Day, and he would go as often as he can, and he plays with other pieces of shit. So it really <laughs> depends on where you're going. Okay. Hi, what dad. if? What if golf? All this time for every dad was like a euphemism to go to this the golf course no, but really about putting a ball in a hole it's like, balls and like, holes like yeah, they just want to shove their balls into a vagina so what do you think is what golf is all about yeah. what do you think he was doing when i went like he was like oh fuck we have to pick yeah, like a oh, real yeah, golf course now Let's well i feel up. like though i mean is it possible to have a cheap golf course it's a golf course like it's that's so cheap. much real estate sure yeah. but like i can walk up and play a game for like 40 bucks yeah there's golf courses you know? and then there's golf courses yeah but what like, if there's 
Yeah. You say cheap, it's sure cheaper it's, than bowling, or it's not as cheap as bowling. But, right. but it's 40 bucks for something that takes you like three, four hours. Yeah. Three, four hours? Well, like yeah. you're going to play 18 holes? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, 10 Next bucks an hour is not so bad. So where do you play for 40 bucks? It's just a rough, Joel. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Just keep your eye open in the rough. Just see if there's something that like looks kind of like a glory hole. Are you talking okay. about? Are you talking about Hamilton? Yeah, no, I'm just saying this is this is probably what is yeah. actually happening. I'm going golfing. Oh, golfing rough. Yeah. I thought you meant you were talking yeah, about Hamilton. Glory Everything hole. you said in the sentence, the glory hole, to be careful. I if my dad would know what a glory You're describing hole. Hamilton. Keep my dad. Do you want a minister? Do you want to know yeah. that if he knows or not? Yeah. I do. It's not that late. Can you give him a call? Put him on do you speaker. Want one? I won't eat them all. No, I'm, I'm gonna gonna keep going. But here you have one. You always win in our hearts. So let's last do this all together, little doggy. Did not win. Huh? Well, look at Kate. Right. Let's try to pull the podcast together into something cohesive. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a, what we call a podcast topic. How does that sound, everyone? Oh, no. Want to do that? What is the worst job you ever had, Craig? I was in, uh, before I became a lifeguard. I was an inventory clerk, which meant we uh, there was an inventory company, and we would go into mostly retail shops after hours and count their inventory oh, with a little <laughs> scanner, and we would type. We would scan the UPC code for like I don't know a can of Chef Boyardee or like a shirt, and then we would count the number of that item after scanning the UPC and type in how many that UPC code had. How long did you do that? For? And you had to do it after hours, so like I would work like. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Did you ever lose yeah. count? No, I think it was pretty solid. I was good. The interview was basically a bunch of math, and I was I was oh, good at math. You are good at math. Uh, and I did that job for I think four or five months. Oh, oh my god! How bad. old were you? I was 17, 16 or 17. And probably paid more than minimum wage, right? Maybe like maybe a bit. Like I think it was like, but the hit to the dignity. I think it was like seven dollars an hour, but like minimum. Like at the time, minimum wage was like seven fifteen an hour, so it was like a bit of. Like for them wage. to test you on math, like I worked at McDonald's when I was seventeen, I got tested on no shit, you know. Yeah. So it feels like that one you should. Yeah, it was like maybe seven fifty, and minimum wage was like six fifty or six thirty five or something. I was, mm. I was above minimum wage, but not by a lot. A dollar was still a lot though. At that point in time, yeah. yeah. That reminds me, Matt Jenkins, he had uh, a job as a facer where he had to go into a grocery store like after they were closed and make sure all the products were facing out so you could see all the labels. Jeez, and he quit Whoa. after two days. <laughs> He's wow. like, fuck this. <laughs> That's, I mean, that was way back before everyone had iPods or smartphones yeah. and podcasts. Like, that would be the best job right now to just put on fucking episodes of our podcast or Harm yeah. Town or whatever and just like... Just turn shit. You're just listening you to just that. wonderful podcast. Yeah, you're just uh, yeah. They're about on equal footing. Uh, it's like in his head, like the entire time, must have been just like the songs, like to everything, turn, turn, turn. Because like, like at the best, night. he had a Walkman or a Discman at the time, so he could listen to. Yeah, and I don't know if he was allowed. To. Yeah, sometimes you weren't allowed in jobs wow. like that. Yeah. Yeah, That's man. Hot. I had a job kind of like that when I worked at the porn store in Vancouver. It was like about to go out of business. It was not busy. So they had us count all the big wall of dildos and everything every day. So I just looked at yesterday's count and just changed it a little. And it was never right. But I'm like, Were I'm not going to. people buying dildos every day in New Brunswick? Oh, this was in Vancouver. Okay. But uh, yeah, and it's just okay, like, sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't going to count a wall of purple dildos every fucking day. Come on, yeah. who gives a shit? But it's just beneath you? Yes. Yes. I yes. do think I'm that. worth a little more than dildo counter. Dildos don't not. deserve to be counted more than once a week. Yeah. Did you yeah, dust the dildos? Yeah. Did you dust the dildos? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, sure. Dusting was part of it, sure. Oh, there nice. was this old lady who came in once, like early in like 6 a.m. Sunday morning and got me to show her a bunch of dildos. Aww. And she didn't buy anything. She was clearly just wanted to talk <laughs> to a young, strapping man. I was like 25. She, chose the, she chose the porn store. Yeah. Purple dildo. Purple dildo land, it was called. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that sounds like a pretty bad job. So yeah, we'll rank them. We'll go around and see who had the worst yeah, bad I job. I had a lot of bad jobs. Yeah, so I... Uh, pick the worst. Yeah. Most of my jobs have been bad. Or top three. Whatever, we got all night. <laughs> okay, so this was... I never got paid for it, so it was technically not a job. But I trained, so it was an MLM, but I didn't, that wasn't really a term then. Um, I don't know what that is. Multi-level marketing. It's like Avon or any uh, of those pyramids, like pyramids. Pyramid schemes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. yeah. MLM is the term, yeah, for like if you want to not be a pyramid scheme. <laughs> uh, but I, now it is if you search it. It was early. It was my first year after university, so 2004. And they called me back right away. I couldn't believe it. It seemed like something better than just like a shitty, you know, barista job. 
those Cutco knives. It was Vector Marketing was the name of them. I did that too! I also did yeah, that. no, I didn't make it through the training. And they're like, you're really good. You can be like... Yeah, they really... Of course they said that. They were... It honestly was so manipulative. Like, you would... Honestly, the knives are great. They're wonderful. I would buy them. Oh, I really would. Those penny with them. They made a corkscrew out of a penny. It was not illusion. We got up and we did a lot of it ourselves. They took a big ass, like maybe an inch uh, size of rope, like thick ass, like swing rope, one serrated knife, one pull, in one cut. It was. I did it with my own hands. I was like, was fuck, it, this was amazing. Was it one of those things where they make you buy your own sample yes. knives? It was oh, much brutal. cheaper. Like it was like $113 or something for that. Whereas like a set was really, you know, 500 or something. But so they made you, after the first training, they made you for homework. Write down every friend and family that you know? Yeah. yeah. But they wow. had, it had to be, at le- they had to be a couple that were together. And they had to be at least, I think, 35. And so it was like, and I was like, yeah, I know so many people. And I was writing this amazing list of like, wow. So I think they were trying to hone in on those idiots. <laughs> and then when they, so to start, they're like, okay, you need to contact someone you know. Because it's all about who you know. You can't just go door to door. You have to find somebody whose parents you know and I was in Ottawa my first year after living there I didn't know anyone my parents were not in town I'm like I literally know no people that fit this bill and they're like oh I just see so much of myself in you and I can tell that you would be so good at this job we're gonna do whatever we can to make sure you're successful so they're like really none of your parents there's no one no they're all out of town okay well maybe we can you can go and do it from Napanee and go home for the summer I'm like I have $13 in my bank account I cannot go home I can't afford they're like "Mm, maybe we can figure out a way to give you the money for the train ticket and I went back to my apartment and I was like what are they doing to me? <laughs> I, like, why are they trying so hard to do this? Like, that just on the surface sounds like you were being uh, recruited into a cult. Yeah. Yeah, fully. Here's the thing. Some like, people who do it, as with all pyramid schemes, some people end up insanely rich. Yeah. There were students my age who did it for the summer and made like 30, 40 grand in a summer. Yeah. But, you know, one or two people do that, the rest of them... It's kind of like selling like magazine subscriptions in yeah. school, but as an adult job. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. But yeah, they're like, help us help you exploit you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was scary. And they really kept calling me. Like, they would call every few days to make sure. They're like, we really just thought you had so much potential. <laughs> and I'm like... And I was just... It was so sad. And I like, it was so hard to even talk to them to, like, let someone down. Yeah, it was terrible. So I didn't actually do the job at all. I went for training, and it was two full-day training, not paid. So I did two full days training, not paid. Yeah, I did one like that, but with vitamins. Same thing. I didn't get past the... I was like, this just seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care for this. So I guess we'll keep going around the table. Pam, terrible job. What's the worst the worst job ever? Okay. I think... I was thinking this over. Probably will be... Um, I worked at a, a tea shop. And it was called Teopia, and it was bought out by Tivana. So this very specific. It's so made up. Yeah, that's all real. It's all real. So like, first off, they like they have you like the the uniform you have to wear is black, tight black clothing. So it shows off all your curves. They're all like young women who work at this, and the creepiest guys would come in and just talk to you. And because you're paid to be like friendly, you can't like turn off like the Teopia brand. You have to smile and be like, oh, you're so funny, ah, and just go along with it. The breaking point was when a woman came in, she's like, my friend has been diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. What tea will cure cancer? And there's no way for me to say, like, no teas. Our teas (laughs) just taste good. So we were like, well, these ones have antioxidants. And just try to do, like, a positive spin. Be like, your your friend is dead. But, like, at least you'll enjoy it. Your does well for it, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than the tea, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I think that might be it. The other one, though, as... On the surface, it sounds like it's a good job. It was working for a butter tart factory. Yeah, that <laughs> does sound, sound good. It sounds freaking fantastic. So you go in, and there's different levels. Like you can work in the packaging part, or you can work in like the actual making of the, the tarts. And why it was the worst job was because whenever you broke a tart, or there was like an irregular tart, you got to put it to the side and eat it should you feel like it. So yeah, they have a terrible. Yeah, so they had like a special chocolate butter tart and it had pieces of chocolate and it was divine. 
So whenever they had like the chocolate tarts coming through, I'd be like, oh no, break, oh no. So I gained so much weight those few summers that I worked there because like it was so good. And also when I got home, butter tarts smell good when they come out of the bakery. Yeah, it doesn't smell so good when like the fat and the lard is just stuck to uh, your hair and your skin. So you go home and you just smell like really old lard. Yeah. So butter tarts have never been the same. Maybe that's why I'm vegan right now. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I did. I worked at a cheesecake place in Vancouver that like award-winning cheesecake, whatever. But within like two weeks, it's like, hey, we're gonna throw away this thirty-five dollars worth of cheesecake. Anyone want it? Nobody will eat it. Because it's just like the best cheesecake like, in the world. It's everyone's it's favorite dessert, and just you're like, fuck How that. many did you take home when you? started there well it was like they'd have the little plastic like to-go containers that could fit like maybe two pieces of cheesecake so i would just cram that full of like six pieces of cheesecake it's just like cheesecake paste and uh yeah i probably did that for like two weeks every day and it's just like oh, geez. oh man. so keith uh worst job and you can't say fatherhood <laughs> well after fatherhood i mean i've had a lot of shitty jobs i've cut lawns for the hell's angels in quebec nice. i've dug holes uh, but by far the worst job I've ever had, I would say, is working at the clay factory in Oakville, Ontario. Jeez, they clay make factory. clay? Yeah, I made clay bricks. Oh my god, that's so much silica. Yeah. So I would get there early in the morning and there was a big drum and I'd take the key out of the machine so someone couldn't turn it on while I was inside with the blades. <laughs> oh, and I'd go with goggles and a gas mask, or no, a mask and a, like a... Like a spatula, <laughs> and I'd go in the machine and I'd clean off all the old clay and get it ready. And then I'd walk across the factory and I'd carry 50 pound bags of dry clay bits. And I'd look at my recipe on a piece of paper. We didn't have machines to put it, it was on paper. And it would say, You need 17 bags of this kind of 50 pound clay, 11 bags of this, etc. And I'd carry it all, put it in the machine. And then I'd turn on the water until the recipe was done and then it would mix it all. I would go then below and there was a latch that I would open and there was a conveyor belt and I had goggles and a hoe. And once it was done mixing, I would open the hatch and huge chunks of clay that weighed between 50 and 700 pounds would fly out of this thing and I had to stick it with the hoe and then direct it down to the conveyor belt and do that and it would go down the conveyor belt to the machine that pressed it into bricks and formed it and then I would cut it with a wire and then wrap it, put it on a skid and package it and it would go out to people that needed clay bricks. Every step, it seems like this should have been a conveyor belt. You did every single one of the like, like 300 steps. Like, it really like... His job does not exist today. <laughs> no. How did you get this job? What was the process? I, I just I looked up clay factory jobs. <laughs> <laughs> this was when you were time traveling that summer. I yeah, remember that. Exactly. Um, so the worst, the worst part was not the most dramatic part was sticking the flying clay with the hoe midair and directing it down. And, but the worst part of the job was when it went down the conveyor belt and into the machine with the blades and it pressed it into these bricks. Because if something fucked up in there, I had to take it all apart and reach in to the blades and clean it out. Well, thank God you were wearing goggles. So, one day, the owner's nephew was working the shift the night before, got a clog in the blade part and said, you know what, fuck it, and just left it and went home. So I got there in the next morning and it was all dry, no. hard rock clay on these blades inside this tiny thing that I had to put my arm into. Nope. And so I'm cleaning this off and cutting myself. And Are we going to nope. find out that Keith's got a fake arm today? I know. <laughs> so that explains the claw. Yeah. It took me an hour and a half to clean out this little like brick making machine. And then the fucking dick muncher whose <laughs> nephew had fucked up the machine came around and yelled at me for being behind production that morning when I tried to tell him that so and so your nephew had left the machine like this he told me to get my head out of my ass and stop making excuses <laughs> luckily I had a radio at my station and I remember it to this day it was on Kerr Street thereabouts in Oakville and I on my radio came on Fake Plastic Trees by Radiohead. <laughs> I 
put down my hoe, laid down in the bed of clay, <laughs> melodramatically listened to fake plastic trees until it was almost done. And then as it was finishing, I stood up, walked out of the clay factory, walked all the way home from Oakville to Burlington, oh and never went back, not even for my check. Yeah, that's how you do that shit. Man, that story, I was thinking like, man, that doesn't remind me of anything I've ever heard in my life. But I thought of one. It's not nearly as, as brutal as the clay thing. Is but it the plot of the fake plastic trees video? Yeah. <laughs> there is that too. But no, I, I worked at a yogurt thing, uh, TCBY, the country's oh best yogurt. And uh, they didn't really... Thank God it's yogurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And they didn't really explain to me very well how to clean the frozen yogurt machine. So I was cleaning the turbines in the machine and it occasionally would just start turning to keep the yogurt moving or whatever. And I didn't turn it off right. And it started moving just after I took my hand out. And I'm like, I could have lost a finger in the fucking thing. But that's... Still oh. not a whole arm, but it's a finger. So Joel, worst job, and you can't say husbandry. <laughs> well, I, I actually have two. You I have, have horses. Two. I have two. <laughs> I know. Husbandry um, is a thing. One I'm going to tell real quick, and the other relates to both of your stories. Well, this is so slow. I mean, if yeah. you did do husbandry job. at some point, please tell us. <laughs> my, my worst job ever was I worked at uh, uh, a hardware warehouse in Calgary called Totem Building Supplies. So Totem oh, had... jerked off on the floor? No, that was a, that was a totally different place. <laughs> is it Totems yeah. and more, that place? Uh, no, it, it was basically like Totem was like a Lowe's or a, or a home hardware or whatever in the West. I worked at the warehouse that served the retail stores. So we'd get this printout of like SKU numbers and then I'd have to take my little... I had this sort of um, electric mini forklift where I would go and like pick boxes and stuff pack it up send it it was terrible now Every is this job is it going to involve you being drunk at any point no oh geez, I, I, I'm like 17 years old oh, okay um, and the second I showed up everybody who worked there is like yeah. blue collar as fuck and miserable I got called faggot from day one <laughs> every single day I worked there and I just like I had like a little like cassette player and headphones and that's how I survived and I remember the day I quit I got really good on my little forklift thing and I've got a full load on the back of it and I'm just hauling ass on it and like feeling a little bit cocky because at this point I've sort of like I, I've just decided I'm better than everybody there and and it's fine and I'm cruising past so much <laughs> but there's this giant like the warehouse is probably a hundred feet tall there's a door that separates one section of the warehouse to the other it's like a hundred foot door I'm not even joking this is the short one at the beginning before the other one yes <laughs> yes this is not Anyway, I slam into the door, knock a, a hundred foot door off its rails, oh. and it just falls oh. and crashes into, like, domino effect, the fucking inventory. Oh, oh. no way! <laughs> so it's like the I, episode of The Office where Michael tries to use the forklift. Absolutely. And I, uh, I looked around. I walked up to the boss's office and I said, I really fucked up. <laughs> and he's like, it can't be that bad. He comes down, he comes down and he's what, like... What's the worst that could happen? Well, that is what oh, happened. He's like, holy shit. He's like, you know you're fired, right? I'm like, oh, no. at least. Yeah. yeah. And but he, son, today you're a man. <laughs> so get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, so I quit that job. Well, and that was that was not my worst job. Oh, okay. Get ready for part two. Um, <laughs> I've got a part two as well that I've thought of. My, my worst job... Hey, Ryan's got two more to go. we got to do your top three. Sorry, sorry go on. Uh, was I got a job working in Boston Pizza as a, as a cook. I and I was like... Boston. And there's this yeah, hundred foot Boston. door in Boston Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is the thing that makes me angry to this day. They charged me for my uniform. Mm -hmm. 
but they they charge you for everything and i'm like i'm Every job does that uh, in food, yeah. I know it's disgusting. Wonderland that they had available for me was graveyard shift. And I was a student, so I was already uh, awake, you know, like first thing in the morning, doing graveyard shift, then going to school the next day. After a week of that, uh, things got like a little kind of fun. I started like getting really sleep deprived and fucked up. I ended up crashing at a friend's house because it was like easier than going home because I couldn't get transit at that time of night. <laughs> so you just lived at the pizza place basically? Basically, yeah. Um, and then like I remember like the first two days I was living with my grandparents and I had like 80 year old people picking me up at like three o'clock in the morning I'm like after twice I'm like I can't do this to you people I ended up just like crashing at a friend's house anyway so I'm sleep deprived as fuck and they're getting me to do prep work and I'm slicing green peppers on the slicer I'm pushing it like you basically you do this chain of green peppers like one after another stacked up and you're pushing it down with your hand because that's smart and that's <laughs> safe but that's how they taught me to do it and then I'm pushing, I'm pushing, and then the last green pepper cracks in half, and my finger goes in. Oh! And it's actually this one, and it cuts this perfect line, cuts like all this fatty shit off, oh. right to the bone. It grew back, which is incredible. You're like a lizard. But, but it, it took ten years. Um, and I didn't have a fingerprint for a while, let's see. So that's when all the international diamond thievery <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no, I was missing a, a fingerprint for like a few years. Oddly, my fingerprint came back too. Yeah, that's gross. That's actually yeah. that's, that's a no. I wonder if it's the same or different though. I bet you it came back different. Oh, Probably different, yeah. for sure. That, that kind of think cut's not so bad. Yeah. One time on a meat slicer, I cut my finger down the middle, so it oh, kind of went like oh, a yeah. spider dog. Oh, yeah. 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 Do you think though that her, that tip of Joel's finger grew into a second Joel? <laughs> yes. Well, I think the thing is, I was like trying to save it, and then the kitchen manager just like grabs my hand and like thrusts it under the sink, and I'm like, my finger, and it goes oh. down the sink. Oh. The worst part about this was. I had just gotten in a relationship and I was starting to date and oh, you couldn't like, finger anybody. Hold on. <laughs> this girl I had a super crush on decided to go on a date with me and I'm like put one in, I'm sorry. Because I'm an idiot, I decided to tell her the story about how I'm missing half my finger now. Gross. And it was just enough to be like Oh, I would yeah. love that. If I was dating, really? like, yeah, if like new like dates, I would love that. Shit. No, 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 it's just interesting. Most people are so yeah, boring. I, if I could, uh, I'd like to amend my entry. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that inventory job was shitty, but I had a co-op job in high school, so, like, not being paid, just working at a retail slash computer shop, and one of the men there choked me one day. What? <laughs> what? Okay. I was... Yeah, yeah. slam me up against the wall. Now wait though, before we go any further, did you deserve it? <laughs> like, yeah, probably. I was a bit of a wiener. Like, I was not cool hanging out with in high school. Uh, I, I won't believe it. You were personal friends with Ryan Gosling. Yeah, no, he was yeah. my best friend. I loved him a lot. Uh, no, and just this one time, and I guess this guy probably just got fed up. His Gary was his name. Uh, he had salt and pepper hair. Uh, at the time, I felt like he was probably 50, but like now that I've lived a little, I'm sure he's 29. <laughs> yeah, probably 20, 29, <laughs> mid 30s. Uh, yeah, just uh, he was he was joking when he did it. He wasn't like uh, actually trying to kill me. But it's uncomfortably like oh, violent. Yeah. No, he slammed me up against the wall and like choked me, and then suddenly he realized like what he was doing to a 16 year old, <laughs> and was like, "Oh, I was just joking. Oh, sorry, mate. Uh, I think he might have been British." Uh, he's in my head anyway. He's like, oh, sorry, man. I'm just kidding. Just kidding around. 
That's extra weird because that's almost worse. Like, it yeah, almost I just be better. My day, I was like just 16 or 17. I was like, uh, I don't know how to deal with this information now. Yeah, and like if he did it out of anger, you could probably could have got him fired or something. But yeah, it's that weird thing where it's like sort of a joke and you're just sort but of even fucking if around. If he didn't do it out of anger, I could have got him fired. For if I had yeah. been more self-aware, like I would, I would have just gone to the boss and been like. Gary just choked me against the wall, and I'm a high school student who did nothing wrong. Like, no, go Gary. Uh, fire him, or I'm gonna call the labor board. Yeah. We'll see what happens. If yeah. only the Buns Employment Zone existed back yeah, then. Yeah, if only. If only I had a support group of Facebook people. It's kind of like ridiculous in a way that, like, as children, we were expected to go to work. You know, like, like it, it just happened. You didn't have to sign up for co-op. I wasn't expected. No, no, it's fine. It's. I, I guess it's not weird, but like now, I don't want <laughs> children in my workplace. Where do you want them to go to schools like pansies? Well, yeah, like like proper pansies. They only invented schools because they stopped needing as many of us on the farm. Yeah. That's actually true. Yeah. And there's going to be even less of us. Fuck it. Man, though, all these brutal jobs. I think this is one reason why <laughs> when Craig was saying, yeah, Craig was saying, like, hey, I don't know, I might have been a bit of a wiener when I was uh, a kid, but that's the reason I'm a wiener now is because <laughs> I never went through these formative experiences. <laughs> like, my first job was at a comic shop. Oh, and, like, God. I worked, like, yeah, one yeah. afternoon. That was my dream did, did, did you say first or worst? First. Yeah, no, because the worst sure. was the just the next job, the real first time I got a real job. Because we get that. Yeah, I would just like fucking work one afternoon in high school. Like I'd work one afternoon at the comic shop for free comics, and that just worked its way into working at the comic shop for like seven years. I had no idea what the wow. real life was, the real world was like. It was the easiest job in the world. You know, I just fucked around all the time. So then my worst job was just the very next job <laughs> was when I first moved to Vancouver, I became a dishwasher and oh. I couldn't keep up with it at all. It used to drive me nuts because like it was a really busy place in downtown Vancouver, a cactus club. And uh, oh. it's just like, you just put cactus club? Just put the circle plates on the circle plates and the square plates on the square plates, please. Like, you know, just prepare these for me just to that level. That's all I need. So I was behind all the time. I didn't had to skip lunch every day. It was always late every day not finishing stuff but when I decided I needed to quit I made it like two weeks was I started getting these really stinging intense pain on my inner thighs and I was like what's going on here what's with the pain in the thighs and how did they teach you was the proper method to clean plates well it was like uh, that's the other thing in my mind it was like Mel's diner like I thought I would just be with a dirty rag cleaning but instead they asked you to rub them between your thighs <laughs> with your knees you yeah, know it was like the, the uh, high pressure spray nozzle oh, that comes yeah, down yeah. from the ceiling and you spray them all off and then you put them through the machine that, that sanitizes them does the real work but you're just getting sprayed by water all the time so what creeped me out was just how casual they were when they explained they're like oh that's crotch rise you just have rashes on your thighs, Ew. everyone has Is it that. because of the water spraying back yeah, at you? Yeah, you just always are wet. I but, that too. Yeah, and just the way there's like, everyone has that. And we I was like, it, you don't it, say. We called it barback ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Then yeah, uh, I, I quit after I learned about, well, I learned about that, but then they were like, well, look, just if you hang around and you stick it out, maybe you can move up to prep cooking, kind of like what Joel was yeah, doing. Yeah, that's what I did, yeah. But the one day I did prep cooking, they're like, okay, here's a stack of 100 cheese slices. I want you to turn each second slice at a 45 degree angle so it's easier for the cooks to pull a cheese slice off the stack the 64 slice of American cheese it took like three hours and I'm like alright I I gotta quit this is insane what's interesting though is there's what six of us at this table we're on average what 35 years old sure let's go yeah let's go whatever Uh, who of us has a who of us has a career I Oh shit, everyone raised their hands except the Keats. How long have you had a career? (laughs) Uh, 10 years. 13 years. 8 years. Yeah. Uh, Up here, buddy. Well, I just, I feel, okay, it's maybe a bad example, it's 2 out of 6, but I feel there's a larger percentage of our generation that just keeps going from dickhead job to dickhead job. I still go from job to job and it feels shitty. But it's just in the same area. I'm still gaining experience. And it's a job that, you know, you wouldn't be able to do if you didn't have the qualifications on paper. And and this is the, we're calling them careers now because we're in a field and we stay in that field. But we're at a job for like two to six years and then we change it. There's no... 
there's nothing about what our grandparents had. No, yeah, that's you know, we true. have no company loyalty anymore. No, 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 no. we go wherever. Nor they to us. Uh, I, mean, I mean, the climate is so liquid. Uh, now. I do, but I, like my, I'm pretty lucky in my field to find a job that. Yeah, like when 60 I years ago, yeah, you just got a fucking you, you got a job for IBM for and you were things. set. That was it. And you're like, you don't well, love well, it. Yeah, like I, I basically had like crap jobs. Then I kind of went to retail, and then because I was. But you had crap jobs and then went to retail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- oh, yeah. Retail yeah. was you just like, told about destroying it's, a warehouse. It goes yeah. food, and then like retail. That's no, no, the no, chain. It goes, it goes uh, hard labor. Oh. Then, then you go to food. Yeah, I know. I started there. Then unemployment. Then unemployment for a while. Food is better than unemployment. Unemployment's better than food. Yeah. And then I. And then. um, There we go. Thank you. What's the white warm? That's the sign. Oh yeah, that's the Pam's drink. Yeah. Thank you. All right, we're on this little intermission. Thank you. Go to the bathroom. I can get out uh, right. this way. Yeah, like that uh, that terrible kitchen job. I mean, it paid really well because I got tips paid out to me and I had to work overtime because I was so shitty and they didn't care. They just wanted dishes clean. It really did pay well, but bull. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and, like, and they like being a barista after that. I loved it. I love being a clerk guy. It's fun. Just blabbing to people. You do that all day. Yeah, I, I had one kitchen job where like it was you know, one of the hottest summers on record at the at that time. It's nothing compared to these days. Am I right, climate change? Anyway, um, whoa. Yep. You're expecting climate change to be like, yeah, Joel! <laughs> yeah, Joel, talk to me. Anyway, um, but it was like super hot. I remember like this kitchen manager being a total dick about me eating food. Like, like anytime somebody's like, I didn't like it and sent it back, we'd get to eat it. You don't okay. eat that. And then this kitchen manager was like, well, maybe there wouldn't be as many mistakes if you guys weren't eating the food. And then I was like, fuck you. And he was like, fuck you. And then like we had this like shouting match on either side of, of the heat lamp. And then I kicked over up uh, the calamari batter and walked the fuck out. Little faggot Joel's not a yeah. faggot anymore. My favorite like fuck you, fuck you battle. I've definitely told a story Except before. I came back the next day. <laughs> I've told this to at least one of you, but it was with a cab driver, and I used to live uh, at Woodbine and Cosburn, and there's a McDonald's at, you know, a 20, 25, 30-minute walk away, and when you're drunk, it's too much. You know, but you deal with it. Anyway, so I was like, I would, and you couldn't, only drive-thru was open, so if I really wanted it, I had to get off the subway, stop early, get in a cab have the cab go through the McDonald's drive-thru and then bring me home. It was a lot oh, of money. And I hate when you they won't let you walk through a drive-thru. No, no, no. That, that gets me at Tim Hortons all the time. I'm like, just give me a coffee. Come on, It doesn't man. work that way. Yeah. So this cab, he decides to order some food um, and he places his order like ahead of mine or after mine. We get up to the window. He's super pissed because they hand me my food. He's like, where's my food? And they're like, it's coming. And I was like, dude, why are you so mean? Relax. And when he grabbed the bags from the people at the window, He'd like grab it viciously, and he was just such a dick. And I'm like, do not treat people who make minimum wage like shit. Just don't do it. So I'm pissed. I'm just sitting in the back seat waiting to get home because I'm like gonna tear into this guy. He pulls up to my apartment building. I, as I'm paying him, I was like, you know, you might want to consider being a little bit nicer. And he was like, what? And I slammed the door and went, fuck. Fuck you! <laughs> in the middle of the street, he's like, "Fuck you! <laughs> fuck you!" Classic, because you see those sometimes at a distance. The "fuck you, fuck you" battle. You wonder how it happens. <laughs> I was at the Gladstone one time, and I don't remember what I was there for, but I, like, I was just out front smoking or vaping or whatever period of life uh, it happened to be that I was in. And this woman got out of an Uber or a taxi, and she got out of the back door screaming, Go back to your own country! Yeah, uh-huh. That's never so like, holy shit. <laughs> I think I yelled something at her, but, like, other people, like, everyone was just like, What What, the, what are you doing? Yeah, nobody, everyone just goes, Ew. Yeah. So, 
among all my shitty jobs, and there's been a lot of them, I mentioned cutting lawns for the Hells Angels, digging holes for a living. I sold women's shoes. I've done a lot okay, of crazy bullshit. Well, like, no, I, I literally did. I sold dresses, man. I'm upstairs. One of the more interesting jobs, it was the worst, but it was also the best, was when I worked... It was the worst of jobs, it was the best of jobs. As a mascot for the CD Plus warehouse. So I would dress up like a dragon, and I would go out front of the CD Plus warehouse in Burlington, and I would beckon the cars into the CD Plus warehouse to buy CDs. Um, Is that job still around? What I loved about the job is that it was, a, it was in a plaza with a Lix and with a, uh, an Indigo. Is that where the beat goes on was? Did that turn to... Uh, there about right it, by the there. golf store. But a different... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I remember CD Plus. What I would do is there was a, a tree, and so I would go outside as the dinosaur, and I'd wave for like five minutes, and I'd slowly shift in front of the tree so that if you looked from CD Plus Warehouse, you could no longer see me. I'd take off the dinosaur costume, hide it in the tree, and then I would go into Indigo, and I would get a whole bunch of books from Indigo. Oh, I remember because, yeah, I remember when we lived together and you had that sweet bookshelf full of the books. And you're like, well, let I me tell you the origin of these of books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I stole in my dime about $40,000 worth of books from Indigo. Uh, There's different methods. So in the urban stores, any book over $50 has a, a magnet in it. And so you have to run a magnet over it to depolarize it. And then you can leave by any exit. In the suburban stores, there's only one exit. But if you take all of your books into the Starbucks, you can sit there, buy a coffee, and read them afterwards, and then just leave through the Starbucks exit. I did it so regularly that I had these systems where I would go to the chick who was working as the barista, Julie, and I would say, other hey, Julie. other Julie, I have lost my keys. Can I please leave my name and number in case they turn up? and I would leave a fake name and a fake number because I had just walked out with so many books that if it ever came up, well, it can't be this guy because yeah, he left his he name ever? and number, yeah. right? And talk so, about diffusing the, the suspicion. Yeah. So I hid, I hid all of those books uh, underneath the dumpster outside. <laughs> and then I would go to the licks and I knew the signatures of the people that worked there. Oh my God. And so I would wow, sign. You just skip over that point. <laughs> How do you know everybody's signature? No, you go to Licks enough because they all you sign go to the receipts. Enough, you know this. Oh, oh, pardon me. I forgot oh. one thing. You get to know uh, one thing. Before I left Indigo, I would take one book off of the shelves that was like nine or eight dollars or something like that or seven dollars because there was only a certain amount of gift card that they had at Indigo. And so I would take this book to the cashier. Indigo is over on Oh, fair enough. I would take it to the cashier and I would say, I would like to return this book, please, but it was a gift and I don't have a receipt. Can I just exchange it or perhaps get store credit? And they would only have the gift cards to a certain denomination, so I'd find another book that was like $3 cheaper, and they would say, well, you know what? Because we only have the denomination of five in the gift certificate, we'll give you this book with a receipt and $3 in cash. <laughs> and then I would take that $3 in cash and I would go to the Indigo or to the, to, to the Licks and I would fill out all the signatures on my buy 10 get one free card. Write a blog. And then I would use the $3 that I had just got cash from the chapters and I would give it to them and I would get a burger and fries and a drink and I would enjoy that. You're a super villain. And then I would go back and I'd put on my dinosaur costume. Yeah, by the way, he was at work this whole time. (laughs) And then I would put on my dinosaur costume and I would go into the CD Plus warehouse and I would grab, I would know the section, so I'd grab a whole bunch of different CDs and throughout my shift, put put them right by the bathroom. So at the end of my shift, in my dinosaur costume, I'd walk, I'd flirt, I'd say, hey, how you doing, double guns. Sure, that's how you make yourself normal. Every dinosaur flirts. If you don't, what's going on? Every dinosaur flirts. One thing we know about dinosaurs. And so I would would grab my stack of eight to 10 CDs, Lenny Kravitz and the whatnot, and, and I would walk into the bathroom with them. 
And then I would take all the plastic wrap off of them, including the sensors, and I wouldn't throw them in the garbage because if they did, when they walked the garbage bags through the doors, it would set off the sensors. So I took all those off and I flushed them down the toilet <laughs> so they would leave by the pipes. And then I put these eight to 10 CDs in my backpack, my full belly from the licks. I sometimes had a little bit of change on me and I'd go outside under the dumpster, I'd have all my books and I'd go home and I'd get a check at the end of the week. Okay, this is amazing. If we make this story though, episode. we gotta make this, I did that this for story, six years. we gotta make this into a movie called Catch Me If You Can 2000. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. The dust done for me has told me several ways in which he was a criminal as a teenager, but also informed me that we met several years before we actually met. Oh, really? Because I went into that Because I used to be a police officer in that I mean, like, he was in a dinosaur costume, sure, so I didn't see his face, but, like, we uh, crossed paths when, when I was 15, dinosaur. 16 years old. How, what, 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 how old you? were you when you worked there? About the same age, yeah. yeah. So, so we've actually known each other in a way for like 23 years. Wow. I just pictured you like this mental image of you walking down the street and then like there's this little dinosaur and then you just lock eyes mm -hmm. and then there's just a close up and you no, just like happened. that beautiful You don't know the, the crime inside that dinosaur's head. <laughs> this is like, it's like Snatch. Like we go to all of the stuff that Keith's up to but then we go to Craig get choked across you know, the other end of town. There was one... There was one summer, I, I mean, I was still kind of living at home, where I decided I wasn't going to have a job, but I would you just... decided? Or someone else decided? No, no, I, I decided happened. I was not going to look for work. I decided I was going to hustle like, and grift my I'm way through the summer. I'm just calling you unemployable, Joel. Move on. Hey, Mom. Hey, Mom. Let work look for me. So I started doing... The, there's two things I started doing. One of my friends worked at Second Cup. He would steal pounds of coffee and then I would go and return them to different oh, nice. second cup locations. So I did that as, as part of my career. Uh, the other part was another friend would uh, accidentally leave out boxes of like CDs and then I would go trade those in. Oh yeah, they, they worked at a record store and, uh, and then I would go trade those in. And then, uh, and then the rest of the time I did test marketing or, or uh, what the fuck is it called now? Drug testing? No, no, it's it's just like market research, basically. And I, and I was smoking at the time, so I would try and do all the smoking ones, and I would always lie every time and say, no, I haven't done one in six months. So I, I had these things lined up. Does that get you more money? It, they, they would pay you $40 in cash, which is like $100 in 1990s money. <laughs> And uh, and half a carton of cigarettes. <laughs> Those are the days. Yeah. <laughs> so I would stock up on cigarettes and then sell the excess, plus my money I was getting from the telemarketing. It was it was like, it was my summer as a grifter. It was yeah, the good. sense I'm getting. You hadn't smoked in six months. Like that was kind of a requirement to entry. Right. Well, no, you hadn't done um, a survey. They a survey. always want new. Oh, okay. Right. Like they won't ever let me. I'm in like Facebook groups that are just about getting to do these surveys because you can make like I don't know anywhere from minimum wage for a few hours to like a hundred bucks for two hours to yep. go and answer questions, test out an app, do something. But, but you can't do that as a full time job. I'm in like some beta weird groups that I'm maybe like maybe not a full time you, job. Yeah. No, you can if you, you find enough if you them. get into the circuit. They won't yeah, let right? me do yeah. them, but I should lie because I'm a marketer. <laughs> you know all the <laughs> yeah. tricks. Yeah, I work. Man, what I'm learning though from Joel's story and especially Keith's story is the grifting days. Like, have you ever been that productive again? That's like ridiculous. That's like each of your days is like three days. I, I still think I still think my career is a long con. Right. Like one of these days I get to figure out is like this guy has no idea what oh, he's yeah. doing. I'm in constant yeah. fear that someone's gonna realize I'm a child. Yeah, like yeah. if you have imposter exactly. syndrome like for 40 years, then you past. made it. Yeah. To be fair, you never, once you learn those skills, you never give them up. Right. I mean, that's how I'm going through school. The art of the grip. In all honesty, mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't do any readings. I don't do any assignments. Are I just you stealing things now. No, but I'm stealing grades. Way to get them put that on tape. I'm, 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 I'm just. <laughs> I I'm, do sometimes. I'm, I'm, yeah. lear I'm learning oh. sort of my, you know, my supervisors and my professors what they like. I'll take them out and buy them drinks. I'll like, and I'll just say, oh, I need this grade, please. And I'll just. And even on a smaller <laughs> level, like, 
like fucking uh, notations. Is that what it's called? When yeah. you have to, you know, like you write a thesis and you gotta. What is that called? Where you, uh, yeah, you like this relates to this. Like nobody well, footnotes. footnotes nobody right. checks any yeah. of that shit though. Is the point of trying to make? Like, yeah, yeah, like like yeah. you're a fool if you actually do it. No one ever cares. Yeah, can you imagine? Because your high school teachers all told you to do that. Can you imagine? They sat there, looked at thirty students' fucking. There's no way. Footnotes. I went to the library and was like, yep, page 36, he's correct, that's where that quote's from. <laughs> yeah. Like, no way they did that for 30 fucking papers. I do think that's a big part of school, like at some point. You gotta learn how to game the system. Yeah, and if you yeah. don't, you're but just th- a sucker. That, that's, that's the real life skills that you're supposed to be learning. Not how to do the assignment, yeah, but how to That's not cheat. actually valuable yeah, in the true. world either, like to just true. jump yeah, through the hoops. Yeah, make no sense. Yeah. No one gives a shit I mean, about a bibliography, well, I guess. I still have to do bibliographies at my work. Yeah, nothing really? kind of. Yeah. Them? Even yeah. Wikipedia. When it's government, you have to because there's fucking assholes Everyone. who want to debate well, even Wikipedia, every little thing. Like Wikipedia says themselves, like this is not a real source. You must link for yeah. real yeah. shit in order for people to take your article seriously. Yours is to like cover your ass. Yeah. Like the rest of it was just some academic bullshit. Well, the rest of it's practicing covering your ass. Yeah. <laughs> and I have not learned those skills. I'm gonna get fucked. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I think the one thing you learn about like doing the ground up hustle is you realize that when you're stealing, you're not stealing like you were always taught. Oh, you're not it's telling the entire internet you're doing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I totally am. No, when you're when you're stealing like. The story used to be like, oh, you're hurting the mom and pop in- industries. You're gonna run, yeah. but they don't exist anymore. They don't so. exist. Okay. You're yeah, just no, stealing. Really. You're just. Right. You're just a. You're just another column in a spreadsheet. Yeah. The last no. thing you stole. Uh, well, last thing was the gum we had last last week. Oh yeah. You just like yeah. put it in your pocket Wait, and walk out. I just I just walked out with it in my hand. It's, a, like, it's a white man's world. Am I, I right? The last yeah. thing I stole was uh, four pounds of coffee three days ago. The last thing I stole was Pam's From heart. Where? Ah. Ah. Citation needed. <laughs> Pam, can you confirm? Yes. But can you uh, confirm that he hasn't stolen anything since? That's true. No. That's not an uh, Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I used to steal a lot for like one year of my life, but it was mostly from Valley Village. Like I would find the thing I liked, I would wear it, put my clothes so on top of it, and donated shit to charity, That's, and you're like, I'm well, Valley Village. Fucking bullshit. Valley Village isn't charity. Is what, was yeah, the first, what was the first thing that you guys stole? Oh shit, man! Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, I but know this exactly. Is I, this is how I am. Like I will do something wrong if I can justify it, because I liked the Powderpuff Girls a lot. Powerpuff. Is it, were they? Yeah. Power. Oh, power. fuck, power. I don't know. Did you say powder pop? Maybe. Way to fem them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice um, job. Anyway, Hashtag so... Hashtag feminism. <laughs> Fegmanism, please. <laughs> I wanted this little keychain. It was of bubbles, and it was very cute, and it was on a backpack. So it wasn't for sale. It was a piece of the backpack, and I didn't want the backpack. I wanted the keychain. So I took the keychain off. I would have bought the keychain if I could have bought it, but they didn't give me that option, so I stole it. You know that reminds me of it. That porn store. It was mid two thousands. They still had. It always ties back to the porn store. They still had VHS tapes there, not just DVDs. And guys would go in. It was a huge store, so they'd be off in the corner doing whatever. Lord knows what. So guys, jerk, slow jerking it. Guys would come in with exacto knives and over in the corner of the store they would turn over the VHS cases and exacto knife out pictures that they liked so so I wouldn't know till I'm restocking shit and the back of the case is missing all these pictures and I'm like this is all very sad we're we're deep kind of cool but it's like 2006 we're deep into the internet age you no. don't want to catch them doing that either. So what would you say? Also, they have an exacto knife. So like yeah. either. But this, like, really this is the care. thing I like about it. Is some guy was like, next time I'm in here, I'm yeah. bringing an exacto well, knife. That's I'm what stealing that. That's what is kind of fun about <laughs> weird fringe like, jobs. Like you would never yeah. guess that, or if you made it up, people would be like, that's stupid. No one does that. Like, but like, they do it. That was his heist, <laughs> right? Like that was his. Like he's like that okay, was that was his wait. CD plus warehouse. Yeah, the whole time he's in there, like there's a soundtrack going through his head. It's like, and I assume he probably had really loose uh, sweatpants on, and he was totally playing with his dick. Oh, yeah, he was doing dick slang for sure. Remember that? <laughs> dick slang. Yeah. All of the pants I wear are so baggy, and the crotch. Give me a strap on. I'm doing it. You're bringing, wow, you're bringing that back moment. dick slang. 
That was such a wonderful moment. I loved it so much. Dick's lying in the zeitgeist. <laughs> but I remember my, none of my stealing stuff was nearly that bad, but uh, this coffee shop I worked at right after the dishwashing thing, the guy who ran it was like from the Korean military. He was a real hard-ass dickhead, but he was never around. But he said, like, don't leave anything in the staff room because I'll throw it out. And it was when the Scott Pilgrim first comic first came out, and I left the first volume of Scott Pilgrim in the back on a shelf, not hurting anybody. Next day I came in and I was like, hey, it's that thing, I forgot it here. And he's like, I threw it away. I told you I was going to throw it away. So I never, I didn't even have it in my mind that I was going to steal from this guy. And that led to a year's work chain reaction of me teaching everybody how to steal from this guy. Good and for you. Because basically it was real simple. It was just that he kept meticulous inventory of everything except coffee. Because a coffee is just a big 40 cup carafe of coffee. You can't keep track of that. So we just figured out what, how many cups of coffee at what size add up to other things. So yeah. technically, and we got free coffee too. So it's like... I'm not really stealing cheesecake. I'm just the customer's buying me a piece of cheesecake, exactly. and I'm giving him my free coffee because we're friends. <laughs> I did. I ran a scam like that when I was a lifeguard. Uh, just one day, where I took the day off work, and the boss was like, "Where are you? You're supposed to be at work." And I was like, "Fuck you!" I took it off. She's like, "No, you didn't." <laughs> so we went in, and like we would. So there was individual passes, and there was family passes. And I think individual passes were two dollars, and family passes were five, and the family pass. I forget what it included you, but I would ring through, I'm not going to get the math right on this, so excuse me, I would ring through like, say, families as individuals, and just like pocket the extra three dollars. It adds up quick, right? When I was about 10, the 7-Eleven down my street was like the the candy store, basically. And this is the 80s, possibly, yeah, late 80s. There was a sticker book that had all these pop stars in it. Nice. And once I started collect, like I bought the sticker book and I got my first thing of stickers and then I was like, no, I have to finish this. And I couldn't afford it, so I just started stealing all the sticker packs. Was it like Marky Mark? Like, who are we talking uh, about? We're talking, no, shit, man. That's like... T T No, that's later. Okay, I'm going to sound real right now. No, Paula Abdul. Ah, sweet. Okay, Belinda Carlisle. Right on. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, we got a sense of the era. Yeah, it was it was terrible. It was like like late eighties kind of kind of thing. Right. And I finished the goddamn sticker book. Oh shit, those are hard to finish. There's but, always like a couple of things that you can yeah, never get. So rare, like the McDonald's Monopoly game. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck totally. that bullshit. Fuck that every bullshit. year I've got every this year was all terrible. of them. Yeah, it makes except me angry for the one. Yeah. Well, there bullshit. was a huge story uh, that came out like last year. There's a guy who ripped off that system for years How? he worked in one of the factories that made the pieces so for like eight years in a row you couldn't win this guy oh. always won and uh yeah they put him in jail like it was a huge thing because he you know he gave them he, he did it himself 200. yeah and then he did them to people around him and then he started trying to like do it in cahoots with people that were further away from where he lived so it was because it was getting suspicious mm-hmm. but this idiot like he couldn't stop because he's just like i control the jackpot <laughs> and yeah he totally ruined that thing for like Eight straight years. Yeah. My first crime was a huge failure. I uh, was collecting the Star Wars figurines as a child. I think mm. I was born in 79, so some of my uncles had the older ones, and then I would sort of collect the newer ones throughout the 80s. And I needed R2-D2. I didn't have fucking R2. And so I saw it, and I was like maybe four years old, and I put it in my underwear, <laughs> and I, I took it home, and then I got total shit from my parents who realized that I was a fucking criminal now and then years later I, I still had this thing and I looked at it I'm it, just imagining it's like terrible it's you know, it was a right? fucking eraser it wasn't even oh, a legit like yeah. figure I stole an R2-D2 eraser so it was a bad criminal I'm just imagining your mom like sitting on a fire escape weeping to herself like knowing her son will never come back from this yeah and you oh. never did. did did any of you get busted by your parents for shoplifting I mean, I mostly stole my dad's porn. I didn't yeah, really I steal from stores. I stole... My dad had a giant change bucket on his dresser, so I would just steal... I probably stole hundreds of dollars from my dad in loonies and toonies I totally... I thought... Because my dad always put his... For some reason, he always put his wallet in a drawer just somewhere in the house and just left it there. And yeah, like, every day I stole a loony from him and bought a Snickers bar. Like, yeah. every day. And I was like, how does he not notice? I started getting it in my head that, like, he was doing it on purpose, like, to let me buy chocolate bars. Found out later, it's just a huge pothead. <laughs> no fucking <laughs> idea. Yeah. If you guys want to make it hand over fist, 
don't steal or sell products. Products have inventories. Steal and sell privilege. Okay. I, I used so to steal hackers two thousand. So I, no, I, I worked at a, I worked at an ice cream <laughs> shop flipping burgers in Burlington, uh, Wallabies down down by the lakeshore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in the summertime, they had this parking lot. And people would want to go to the lakefront, and they want me to charge money for this parking lot. And I was like, you know what? Let me do this. I got this. And I set up my speakers and my discman, and I had my binder of CDs, and I would just DJ music to the parking lot. <laughs> and people would come, and there was a hotel next to me. And so what I would do is the cars would come, and I would direct them to the hotel parking lot. And they would park there, and I would take like $5, $10, and I would just pocket all this money because they were parking in a place that was completely unrelated to me. I did that for like two or three summers. It was just like, I would make like two, three hundred dollars a day. Like, well, that really is like that, the Catch Me If You Can guy. The movie is not that great, but the book is worth reading. Because this dude, Frank Abagnale. The movie's pretty good. It's okay, but the book blows it away. Because like, it's similar to what you're saying of like, it's just, you just got to be willing, yeah. not only to see the, the cracks in the system, but then to do it. Yeah. And that guy, he was like the king of it. He works for like a security firm now. Because like, just everywhere he looked, he's like, I know how to rip these people out. All yeah. of them. And I'm going to do it. If you're a bartender, with balls you can make six to eight hundred dollars a day yep. you can't do it for long but, <laughs> but, but like you, you're you a bartender yeah just yeah. move along yeah like you move along from place to place it's it's fantastic Is it I, just by shorting people or stealing <laughs> from the bar oh you're stealing from the bar <laughs> nothing's getting wrong in you're doing crazy <laughs> math in your head Right, and you're like making exact change, sure, perfect. The tax is getting you're working for one of the places that should be on bar rescue, <laughs> where the owner doesn't give a shit about measuring yeah. it. Well, you know, you know the yeah. place I'm talking about, and there were two owners. One who I loved, and I always gave money to directly, and the other one was a cokehead who made my bar messy. Yeah. And so I. And didn't between the two of them, you got two tech twelves for. $200, yeah. I mean, it should have been $400, which is still a great deal, but one of them was a coke who didn't pay attention to the thing. Yeah, that's true. But how much are they supposed to be? Like $900 a piece? Wow. Yeah. And I got the pair for two. Actually, uh, a mutual friend of ours... Oh, maybe I should say this. Uh, Okay, Elliot. Elliot. On the, oh, well, I didn't even say his name. <laughs> yeah, well, from the classic episode, Honey Fucking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Mike's favorite. Elliot and I worked at this at this club together where they had... Oh, the, where Flavor Flav, where he picked Flavor Flav up from the airport and had to drive him to the club. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Um, but... Sorry, I just made Elliot's story cooler than yours. But, <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, but the club we worked at had this crazy spill tab. And... Every bartender took advantage of that spill tab. It's a spill tab. A spill tab is like, yeah, it's like oh, you spilled some, you spilled some drink, or you overpoured, or whatever. Oh, it's like an MLM. Someone right. walked away and didn't pay their bill. <laughs> so, so what sort of happened? Because like when you're when you're a club, you're doing this like crazy high volume, so you have to have a spill tab because it's just so, it's so possible. But what ended up happening is all the bartenders suddenly got fucking super vigilant about how much they were pouring. Like they measured everything and then they pocketed the spill tap. And so like, yeah, and, and if you were smart enough, you would like, for me, I was a busboy, and I would call my bartender who I knew was a crackhead out and then he would extra tip me out to shut me the fuck up basically. So when your mind works like this, yeah, it's interesting the decisions that it makes early on, because it hasn't really formulated how to make a profit or how to be a criminal. It just knows it wants to be bad. No, 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 so, no, 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 no. I would say I it's like you're 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 scanning for advantage, and you just miss the mark. Yeah. When I was 14 years old in my high school, we had a high school bookstore that sold candy and t-shirts and towels with logos and, on it. And you saw it and you're like, I'm gonna fuck this place. <laughs> no, no, exactly, but I, I, I fucked it, no, I fucked it all wrong. I went to the, to the, uh, what's the, the, the class that builds things out of wood? Wood shop. Wood shop. <laughs> I went to the wood shop class and I got them. To, I got them to build me a booth. I got the wood shop guy to build me a booth. Photography. And I called it the Quickie Mart 
and I set it up next to the school bookstore. But what I did, and I didn't get economics, or I, I would buy boxes of their candies off of them at retail price, and then sell them for cheaper than they sold them. Oh yeah, that's to sort of yeah, because I wanted people to buy from me instead of yeah. them, and I was the competition, but I was buying from them. So it was just it was a, it was a fucking nightmare. But did you gain? Like Zach Morris style social capital. I did. Well, I yeah. was in the yearbook, and I had a bigger picture than the school bookstore. <laughs> and go. I had this sign on my stand that says, "We wash our hands." Do they? <laughs> Question mark with an arrow. Every day I'm hustling. I was like 14. That's amazing. Oh my god. I think we've learned a lot about jobs today. I mean, if anyone ever does listen to this podcast, I hope uh, if you're a 16 year old kid out there, I hope you take this to heart. Fucking and, uh, grift that shit. Yeah, two paths in the woods. Either be a sucker or be the king of everything. It's up to you. If you want to have a cool story 20 years from now, uh, come up with con games. At the end of the day, kid, you're going to end up in the same place. Have fun getting there. The the bottom line is, which is kind of funny, is like, like I was... If you want to be a failure. Yeah, yeah, I was was like a hustler kid, and now I'm like, like like I have like a very strong ethical code now. Because I went through it. Anyway... That's not what your wife says. What? Uh, you know what she does say? Bitch can't grab his lies. Woo! Yeah. Now I'm scheming on.